Welcome to podcast episode 237. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHAA. Joining me for this week's discussion is Senior Workplace Relations Consultant Daniel Pullen. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Stuart. Uh, Daniel, you know the drill. We're going to show uh, some clues which will indicate the subject for today's discussion. And uh, the first clue appears now. Hello. So for the benefit of those who were uh, listening to that uh, to that clue rather than watching, uh, how would you describe it, Daniel? So that is a film clip from the Lionel Richie classic, Hello. In fact, it's it's so good. Let's see it one more time. Hello. It's very short and to the point uh, as such, but I think uh, to give the full story as to the uh, the meaning of that clip, I've actually got another clip uh, from a band. Uh, let's let's go to that clip now. When Lionel Richie wrote hello, hello, was it you he was looking for, not the blind girl in the video? So for those who are interested, that's a Canadian band by the name of the Burning Hell uh, and a song called Wallflowers, which uh, I think eloquently describes the, uh, the Lionel Richie song. Uh, Daniel, based on those clues, what, what would you say the subject for today's discussion is? I think if the, the, the clue is hello, so it has to be the orientation on appointment clause. Daniel, that is an insightful and considered guess, but it's tragically and uh, irretrievably wrong. Uh, it is not the uh, orientation, but we're actually uh, discussing uh, on-call, uh, recall, both uh, remote recall and uh, recall with return, as well as uh, telephone contact, all under the doctors and training agreement. So we're going to be covering a fair bit of territory today, uh, but we'll get started uh, in terms of uh, our discussion today and just make the note that some of the things that we'll be discussing uh, uh, today as part of this podcast represent some of the most significant changes for the doctors and training agreement arising from the last round of negotiations. Yeah, that's right. And if there's one way to characterize that change, it's a shift towards orthodoxy. Um, that is from an arrangement that was unique to doctors in training to one that's similar to those found in other health sector agreements. So let's start with the on-call clause and get the first part of that clause up on screen. So that's uh, found at clause 38, and uh, it provides that on-call must be identified in the roster, including whether it's general on-call at subclause 28.2a or standby on-call at subclause 28.2b. The provisions of this subclause of this clause 38 to be read in conjunction with clause 40, telephone calls to doctors outside of working hours. Clause 39, recall, and Clause 54, telephone allowance. So the first thing that really jumps out with regards to that opening subclause is the fact that there's more than one kind of on-call, general on-call and standby on-call. And those terms are defined, uh, starting with general on-call. Uh, and that provides uh, that general on-call means an on-call period where the doctor is rostered to hold themselves available to undertake remote recall that is provide clinical advice without a return to the workplace, such as by telephone or computer, and or to be recalled to their usual place of work. So general on-call covers both remote recall and a return to the workplace. That's correct. Um, whereas standby on-call is limited to that physical return. So it provides that standby on-call means an on-call period where the doctor is rostered to hold themselves available to be on call solely for the purpose of returning to the health service for which payment would be made in accordance with clause 39 in circumstances such as replacing unplanned absences 
or to address clinical need and does not provide any advice by telephone. Notwithstanding any other term in this clause, the period of standby on call should not be longer than the specific shift it is designed to cover. So not telephone advice, just return to the workplace for that kind of on call. Um, so how were these uh, historically distinguished? So previously the rates were different. The thing with standby on call is if you're recalled physically to the workplace, the recall is over time. Uh, but general uh, on call had a higher rate, uh, but that rate included telephone activity. And that model is problematic for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the payment is the same, irrespective of how much activity there is or isn't. So it's the same whether you get no phone calls or whether you get 40 phone calls. That's correct. And the nature of work is that you put a price on activity. So uh, under the old model, if there's no price on activity, it means that the activity doesn't get recorded and it means that the activity is, is not visible. That's true, So, which means you can't manage it. And if you can't see it, it's difficult to judge whether it's the best model. So that brings us to the first key change. Um, the rates uh, between general and standby on call have been standardised. And that's the same rate. So at 38.2, it provides for on-call allowance that a doctor rostered on-call must be paid the on-call allowance pursuant to Appendix 2, Table 2.2b, which has been calculated on the following basis at 2.5% of the doctor's ordinary weekly rate of pay, or on a public holiday pursuant to Clause 63, 3.5% of the doctor's ordinary weekly rate of pay. So there's an important point to emphasise here. Even though the rate is the same, it's still a requirement that the type of on-call is identified in the roster. Daniel, why is that? So it's to let the doctor know what to expect. Uh, so that is, are they going to be recalled physically? And it's, it's worth emphasising that this standardisation of the rate uh, goes hand in glove with the key change to recall that we'll get to in just a moment. And before we do, subclause three provides a limit on the length of an on-call period. So at 38.3, it provides under limitations for the purpose of calculating payment, each period of on-call must not exceed 16 hours where a doctor is rostered to perform six times 16-hour periods of on-call within a six consecutive days, that doctor must be released from on-call duty for 24 hours, paid or unpaid as according to the roster or projected roster. So uh, under that subclause, not only a cap on how long an on-call period can be, uh, but it requires a break in certain circumstances. Yes, and that break happens regardless, even if the doctor is rostered to work, in which case they're still paid. The clause, Daniel, also provides for an exclusion. And that comes at subclause B, which provides that uh, the on-call payment does not apply to doctors who receive payment on a percentage of fees generated basis for out-of-hours work when on a general practice training program rotation pursuant to clause 31, rotation to a general practice training program. So that covers off on-call, and the key message uh, there is that the rates between the two types of on-call have been standardised, but it is still appropriate, uh, still required, to distinguish uh, between the two types for the purpose of rostering. That's correct. All right, uh, so that takes us then, I think, to recall. And look, recall's broken into two types of recall, return to the workplace and recall without a return to the workplace. So that distinction is new to this agreement, but it's not new to our sector. Correct. Um, Clause 39 starts by identifying other relevant provisions. So it provides at 39.1, the provisions of this clause 39 are to be read in conjunction with clause 38 on call, clause 55 
traveling allowance use of a private motor vehicle. So we've just covered clause 38 and, and clause 55 is relevant because when someone is being recalled physically to the workplace, um, presumably they're, um, they're likely to be traveling in a private motor vehicle. That's true. Uh, and the clause describes the entitlement as follows. That a doctor who is recalled to duty outside of rostered ordinary hours of duty uh, must be paid for the actual time worked, including time reasonably spent in traveling to and return from work as follows. 1.5 times the ordinary hourly rate of pay for the first two hours and then double time uh, for all uh, additional hours. That's an entitlement that will be familiar to people. Um, what does the clause say about how it's calculated? So that's provided at 39.2 and it provides that each recall must stand alone with a minimum payment of three hours per recall, except as follows. Where a doctor has been recalled to duty, a further recall payment cannot occur within the initial three hour period, except where the doctor has left the vicinity of the hospital and or returned to his or her place of residence. So the provision that each uh, period of recall stands alone uh, and, and the mechanics of that subclause again really reflects the orthodox approach to that issue. And the clause goes on to say when a doctor can be recalled. So it provides that recall can only occur where a doctor is rostered on call and where an authorised senior officer of the health service has given authority for the recall. This subclause doesn't uh, does not need to apply where there is a genuine medical emergency or disaster. Where a doctor is recalled for more than 10 hours, the doctor must receive 24 hours free from duty, paid or unpaid according to the roster or the projected roster. And again, that's a principle that would be familiar to people from other agreements. And once again, there is an exclusion at subclause C. Recall payments must not apply to doctors who receive payment on a percentage of fees generated basis for out of hours work whilst on a, on a rotation to a general practice training program pursuant to clause 31 rotation to a general practice training program. Uh, Daniel, that takes us to recall without return to workplace, which is where we find a key change. That's provided at clause 39A, and it begins by referring to other relevant terms. So clause 39A1 uh, provides that the provisions of this clause 39A to be read in conjunction with clause 40, telephone calls to doctors outside of working hours. And spoiler alert, we will be discussing clause 40. Subclause 2 provides where recall to duty can be managed without the doctor having to return to their workplace, such as by telephone uh, or computer. The doctor will be paid a minimum of one hour at the appropriate overtime rate for each occasion, providing that multiple recalls within a discrete hour will not attract additional payment. So this, this is a critical change. Recall without a return to work will attract an overtime penalty. And that's a shift away from the higher on-call payment instead of prices being put on activity. And Daniel, because this is such a critical change, it's, it's probably worth us going into greater detail as to the reason for that change. So a higher on-call rate that covers activity means you're paying the same price regardless of whether there are no phone calls or 50 phone calls. And as we were saying before, if there's no price and activity, then the level of activity won't be visible. That's true, and if the activity can't be seen, then it becomes harder to make decisions about the best way to, to deliver that service. And what we mean by that is, is specifically whether it's um, the service is best delivered through an on-call recall model or whether the level of demand and activity is such that a 24-7 roster is more appropriate. 
And subclause three here also goes to that issue of when this should occur. So at point three, uh, it provides a remote recall should only occur where the doctor is rostered on call and in accordance with clause 40 telephone calls to doctors outside of working hours below. So to make this uh, critical change work requires both a change at a health service level as well as a doctor level. And for the doctor, it's about submitting the details of their remote recall as required by the health service. And at point four, it uh, provides that doctors who undertake remote recall will submit information to the health service as required within the timeframe set by the health service. So this is a key point. Uh, health services need to ensure that they clearly articulate how this activity is to be recorded and submitted. And it's worth noting that this change, whilst a significant departure, is the orthodox approach. That's right, Daniel. It's the approach that other agreements take to remote recall. And it should be that there are systems and processes in existence that can be applied to this agreement. Uh, that brings us to clause 40, which concerns telephone, telephone calls to doctors outside of working hours. So clause 40 begins by saying that it is to be read in conjunction with clause 38 on call. Uh, and that's provided there at clause uh, 40.1 that the health service must have mandatory protocols in operation that govern the use of telephone consultations with doctors who are on call. So the key message here is that it's not left to chance. Uh, it's something that's managed, in this case, through a protocol. Um, Daniel, what work does the protocol need to do? So the protocols must ensure that the number of trivial or unnecessary telephone calls made to doctors are controlled and the overall numbers of telephone calls made to doctors do not increase over time as a result of the changed on-call allowance and particularly in comparison with other health professionals. So these can be locally developed? They can, but it's worth noting that they're not private documents. Uh, so at point two, it provides the association may review the form and application of the protocols to ensure their effective operation. Well, thank you, Daniel, for taking us through clauses 38, 39, 39A, and 40 of the Doctors and Training Agreement. Thank you, Stuart. And if there's a key message, uh, it's to prepare for the change to remote recall so that doctors are recording and submitting their remote recall hours and that these are being paid by health services. Uh, well, thank you again, Daniel. We began this podcast with, uh, with a blast from Lionel Richie and Hello. Tragically, he, uh, he didn't uh, record a song entitled Goodbye. Um, so we will return to Lionel Richie with a bit more of Hello. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Stuart.